I, I just wish I could be around, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now and see how well this melting pot of the United States of America is finally realizing what I believe that the founders thought that it, it could be. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Thad Jones. He's the president of Western Baptist Bible College in Kansas City, Missouri. Western is a historically black Baptist school. He's going to be talking quite a bit about its history and heritage and some of its connections in Baptist life. And so I'll wait and let him introduce that. But I do want to set up a little bit about this because he's going to refer to an article that I wrote in Word and Way magazine. It was the cover story in the August 2020 issue called We Didn't Start the Fire. It's a true story about the past, racism, justice, Baptist school, and a fire. And it's a story that involves multiple schools, Southwest Baptist University, William Jewell College, as well as Western Baptist Bible College. And so I think it might be helpful to read that story to understand a little bit more some of the things that he's talking about in this interview. So if you haven't read it, if you're not a subscriber, I've actually made that particular cover story available as a free PDF download on our website. So just go to wordaway.org. You can hit pause right now. Go to wordaway.org. You'll see an ad on the kind of top right-hand corner of our site. It's got fire. It says, we didn't start the fire. Just click on that, type in your email, and you'll get a free PDF download of the cover story. And I think that it will help provide some really good historical context for some of the things that we're going to be talking about in this interview. But I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think it's important for us, those of us that are white Baptists here in the Midwest that maybe have never heard of Western Baptist Bible College, it's important for us to learn about these institutions and about other voices and other Baptists in our area. And so I'm really glad I was able to have this conversation with Thad Jones. So here's my interview with Thad Jones of Western Baptist Bible College. Well, Thad, first of all, thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you for having me. Now, you are the president of Western Baptist Bible College. And I wonder, for those who aren't familiar with the school, if you could start off by first telling us a little bit about Western. Well, uh, Western Baptist Bible College uh, is a college that uh, is owned by the Missionary Baptist State Convention of Missouri. Initially, the school started in 1890. One unique thing about the school is that the church that I am a member of is the same church that the school got started in. 
the school got started uh, on January 13th of 1890 at the Second Baptist Church of Independence, Missouri. And I'm a member there at Second Baptist and have been for over 30 something odd years. I serve as a deacon there. And so I always bring that up when I get an opportunity to, when I'm discussing people on how unique it is, is that I'm the president of the school in the where the school started. It started there as you kind of recorded there in your article is that uh, it was there for about a year, moved to uh, Macon, Missouri. And then after Macon, Missouri, about 1920, it moved to uh, Kansas City. It was located at 2101 Woodland at the Old Ridge Estates. And it stayed there for a few years. And then it moved to 2119 Tracy. Uh, it has been a school that, as a, as a regular school, it competed against some of the schools there in Kansas City before it became predominantly just a seminary and a Bible college. Depression area is shut down for about a year, reorganized. 1937, came back. At one time, anybody that was a minister in Kansas City, in Missouri, in Kansas, they came out of Western Baptist Bible College. It was a who's who, uh, and I would love to kind of just go down through the names of all the ministers, all the pastors, and I'm talking about prominent and great pastors uh, in the Kansas City metro area. They came out of Western Baptist Bible College, and still to this day, many of the churches in the metro area, the ministers at least took classes at Western Baptist Bible College if they did not graduate. So that's kind of just a little bit about Western. We continue that legacy. We continue to have ministers, missionaries, enroll at Western and earn a degree. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that, a couple of things that I wanted to highlight that I have learned in reading a bit about your history was I've seen that it's been called the, the first and only Christian institution of higher education west of the Mississippi that was founded exclusively by African-Americans and run all of this time. There's some other historically black colleges, universities that were started by white organizations that are, that are Christian, but that is a unique aspect of your school. And, you know, in the 1890s and early 1900s, for that to be a statement of fact is, is all the more impressive uh, about the school. A lot, of, a lot of white schools died during that time, let alone having a school that's facing racism. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and one of the unique things, again, if you look back there after the Emancipation Proclamation, blacks, again, as you know, back in that time period was not allowed to be educated. So again, once they won their freedom, schools began to get established and, and to spring up. Uh, again, we know the Emancipation Proclamation about 1865. So some 30 years after that, 25, 30 years, uh, Western Baptist Bible College, the Missouri Convention says that we ought to have a school also. And we want to start ours and we uh, want to focus on religious training. And they were able to do that just as, again, all throughout the country that schools began to spring up. And so Western was no different at that particular time when we knew that people needed to be educated and there was a need for more religious training at that time. So yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, and another thing I think that's that's important to highlight, you know, this is a, a year that we've been seeing a lot of conversations about our history. There's been a lot of conversations about, you know, the 1619 Project last year and thinking about 400 years of Black enslavement in the American colonies. And your school, you know, this is part of that heritage. You know, it started in 1890, but some of the early leaders, so and maybe not even necessarily early, early when I was doing a little bit of look, one of your presidents, uh, Page, who was a president also at the Lincoln University here in Jefferson City, where, where I live, a historically black university. He was president in 1916 to 1918, and he was born in slavery. Right. And, and that's in, you know, that's not that long ago. And so, and, you know, that is also, I think, an important part of this history that this generation that found freedom is starting this school. Well, you know, uh, when I saw your article and I saw that name, that prompted me to go back and look at our history. Uh, you can also go on our website in our catalog. We list all of the presidents of Western Baptist Bible College throughout its history. And I did have to go back and, and look at that. And I had not known that he was president of Lincoln University. And I said, oh, wow. We had somebody that was very prominent and great uh, at that time. And it, again, shows the status of Western Baptist Bible College that we had someone that was, uh, again, of the stature to lead Lincoln University. And they also led Western Baptist Bible College. And at that particular time, there was not a lot of, as you know, of black schools at that particular time. And uh, that meant that Western Baptist Bible College was one of the leading institutions at that particular time, been able to attract somebody like Mr. Page. You, you also made a reference to the, uh, the Missionary Baptist State Convention of Missouri, and I wanted to, to highlight that as well, because some of our listeners may not be as familiar with that convention. So I, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of introduction to to the convention that is supporting your school. Very good. In our history, at the time that Western got established in 1890, it was called General Baptist Convention of Missouri. And of course, at some point in time, it got renamed. But the Missionary Baptist State Convention of Missouri is comprised of predominantly black congregations in Missouri and uh, Missionary Baptist Again, it is predominantly an African-American convention and made up, again, of African-American churches. It has 13 district associations, which is comprised of, again, of a lot of some, I think, somewhere between 500 to 800 congregation uh, churches. And so, again, it is supported by them. But one of the key things in our history is that Missionary Baptist Convention and Missouri Baptist Convention, as you highlight, I believe, in your article, have partnered and collaborated throughout our history up until here recently. Uh, and I can recall going to several of the joint meetings that was held together between Missionary Baptist and Missouri Baptist, there was at least three collaborations that the two conventions did. Uh, one was Western Baptist Bible College. Two, it was a camp that they jointly did. And then there was a, a Baptist Student Association on the campus of Lincoln University there in Jefferson City that they partnered together on. And so there's been a, a collaboration, again, a partnership 
throughout the years. There, there's another unique thing that uh, I wanted to share with you, and I'm glad that you mentioned it, but Missouri Baptist and, and this issue about Bolivar, Missouri, I'm a graduate of William Jewell College, and you mentioned that in your article, and that William Jewell, again, being supported by Missouri Baptists up until here a few years ago, was always considered uh, a, a, a religious Southern Baptist supported institution. And, and, and I'm an alumni of William Jewell College. Uh, and I can recall back in those early days, uh, I'm a, a 1975 graduate. Even back then, in those days, there was a lot of restrictions on the campus due to the religious support of William Jewell College. So I just wanted to bring that up, and I thought that was unique and, and what have you. And I wasn't for sure if you was aware that I was a graduate of William Jewell College, not only myself, but my wife also, because that's where I met her. Oh, well, very good. Well, yeah, that uh, is also an interesting part of the our Baptist story there. And, uh, you know, that this wasn't something I was planning to ask you about, but you mentioned the being a graduate of William Jewell. And, you know, that is a, a school that has a very rich history. But also, you know, how's that history started in what I think about 1848, the early founders, including Mr. Jewell, enslaved people while they're leading and starting the school. And, you know, there's a lot of schools right now that are wrestling with this legacy. White schools, uh, Baylor University is studying this. Wake Forest and Furman and Southern Baptist Theological Seminary all have have done studies to acknowledge and to lament and see if there are appropriate steps that they could take. And, and I wonder what would be, I don't know if you had something to say on that topic or your advice for for our Baptist, whether it be colleges or churches, of, of how do we speak honestly about that slavery past and that legacy in the white churches? Well, I, I think this, what is happening today here in our country, I, I'm, I'm greatly impressed with. And it's embraced by a diversity of people. And finally, I think not only are we having conversations that everyone has been striving for for these many of years, but I think that has given people really uh, an opportunity to take a look in the mirror. And I think they have looked at this, I think by some of the killings that have been taking place here over the last several years, have brought this to the forefront and I'm seeing a lot of great changes. And, and, and I think people are realizing that we are a one people, we are a one blood. The United States of America is really a diverse country and it is growing more diverse. And here within a few generations, those that were in the majority are going to find that they're in the minority and that we're, we're all one. We're going to have to work together. And from my reading and from what I've seen, even on the campus of William Jewell with their great new president that they have, there are a lot of great changes taking place. And I, I, I just wish I could be around, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now and see how well this melting pot of the United States of America is finally realizing what 
I believe that the founders thought that it, it could be. Uh, I, I'm just impressed and uh, I'm looking at the changes that are taking place. And, and I'm seeing again from sports, from medicine, from industry, there, there are changes taking place to where we're just one people, we're the same, we have the same gifts, same talents. And uh, I think uh, the churches and everybody else is going to gravitate to this and move in that direction. So I, I'm really impressed. I, I just really, again, wish that I could be around to see that uh, we're, le we're, we're living out our creed that's in our documents that they're leaving off the pages. Well, that's, that's uh, inspiring to hear your hopefulness there. And so maybe this is a good time to kind of transition the conversation. I wanted to also uh, have a chance to, for us to learn a little bit more about you and your ministry journey. You, you've given us one little peek that you went to William Jewell, but I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more of your story of who you were before you became President Jones. <laughs> well, that's interesting. And uh, I tell this story from time to time, how I got involved with Western Baptist Bible College. First of all, that uh, I was there again with Western being in Kansas City, Missouri, being a part uh, of the associations and the convention, which my church is affiliated with and, and, and how I became familiar with Western Baptist Bible College. I started out being invited to teach a certificate class there Again, I'm a layman. Uh, I'm not a pastor or a minister, and but yet uh, I've gotten to where I was known in the uh, layman field of work. And the late Dr. William Singleton asked me to come over and to teach a, a certificate class for laymen, for deacons, what have you. Uh, and I did that. And then that association uh, with the layman's department or the men's department in the local church, the district association and the state convention, the way the board of Western Baptist Bible College was comprised of, of the Missionary Baptist State Convention of Missouri, every auxiliary had a seat on the board. And so I was a part of the men's ministry of the layman's department. And the president of the layman's department was a board member. And the board used to hold a meeting right prior to the graduation in May in Kansas City on the campus each year. And so one year, the president of the Lamus department said that he was from St. Louis, said, hey, I can't make the meeting. Uh, would you go and sit in for me? And I did so. And what happened was that uh, I opened my big mouth during that meeting. I should have just been there sitting quiet. And the chairman of the board heard me and, and I was responding. I was engaging. And he said, let's put him on the board. <laughs> and uh, this was about uh, 1987, 1988. And I became a board member. And then I got nominated to be chairman of the board in 1992. And I served as chairman of the board for Western Baptist Bible College from 1992 to 1997. And there were some interim periods there that I was serving as interim president, and I became the permanent president in 2002. But in between there, I served as interim, and in 2002, I gave up the chairman of the board so that I could concentrate on being the uh, president of the Bible College. So that's a little bit of my 
history and how I got familiar with Western Baptist Bible College and the roles that I played. So uh, we've been in this capacity again since that time. And I've had a number of the chairmen say that uh, this position has been held primarily by ministers, by pastors. Uh, and I was a layman. And, and, and again, I've got a full-time job. I'm speaking to you right now on my full-time job. And uh, I always wanted to try to say, I think the president of the school really needs a, a full-time person. And uh, the subsequent chairman of the board said, no, you're the right man for that. The pastors are too busy. Uh, you're doing a great job, so keep doing what you're doing. So that's a little bit about my history on how I became acquainted with Western Baptist Bible College. Yeah, I love that story. It's just a warning. Show up at a meeting and speak too much, and, you know, look what might happen. <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Brian, uh, how I became the permanent president, again, I was serving as, as interim on two different stints. And so in October 2002, this was one of the first conventions that I didn't go to. And of course, I was going to the convention, one, uh, as a layman, and then two, as a chairman of the board to give an annual report each year. But in October 2002, for whatever reason, I didn't make that meeting. And this taught me a very valuable lesson because my pastor was in the convention and uh, he came back. He was in the pulpit that Sunday after the convention. Uh, he told the uh, he told the Congress, he said, you all are now looking at the new president of Western Baptist Bible College. And so that the valuable lesson that I learned is. Never miss a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a very Baptist thing right there. Someone doesn't show up the meeting, and we're going to put them in charge. <laughs> well, we are, you know, this is has been a, a weird year. I know not only have we had the, the racial injustices and the protests and, and so forth that we've already talked a little bit about this year, but there's also been coronavirus and, and the pandemic, which I know has impacted all walks of life, including education. And so I wonder what this year has been like at, at Western and, and for you as you've tried to lead the school through these uncharted waters. Well, you're so right. Again, uncharted, unprecedented. Uh, we came out of school in March of, uh, of this year. And, and let me kind of just uh, go through just a little bit of history also that's pretty unique. Again, we had been at 2119 Tracy uh, since the uh, 1930s. And our buildings, again, had deteriorated. What was taking place in our area, we were sitting on about three, three and a half acres of property there at 2119. And to the south of us, development was taking place. To the east of us, development was taking place. Uh, and then just to the west of us is Hospital Hill where all that development had taken place. And I knew that we had to improve our, our property there so that we can coexist with our neighbors. And so I set out back in about 2007 to try to improve our property, our buildings and, and what have you. Uh, and so I had been working on that for quite some time. And then in May of 2018, after going through two developers, we finally got a developer that we thought that could renovate our, our, our school. 
to where we could have a modern state of the art with all the technology school. And we moved out of 2119 on a temporary basis uh, to a new community center at 2525 Prospect. And so we have been out of our, our building that everybody loved, had, had, had known, had embraced uh, since uh, May of uh, 2018. And so when COVID hit in March of 2020, we came out, uh, did some hybrid virtual teaching to finish the uh, semester. We were not able to have a graduation like many schools did. And our largest banquet uh, is in April, what we call our loyalty and fellowship banquet. We were not able to have that in April. Again, our largest fundraising. But immediately as we came out and uh, we've got the graduates, their diplomas and what have you, the dean and I began thinking on how are we going to be able to get back to school in the fall. Now, I want you to know that the dean is my wife and uh, she, she became dean of academics after the Dr. Robert Bainham, pastor of the Metropolitan Baptist Church there in Kansas City, Kansas, kind of served as an interim president I tried to retire and they wouldn't let me retire. And so I came back in about a year and a half, two years. And uh, while he was uh, the president, my wife, who is a graduate of Western, also has a master's degree from Webster University. And again, a bachelor's degree from William Jewell College became the dean. Uh, and so we have a husband and wife team. But immediately we began thinking, how could we go back into the building uh, and, and resume the school. And so we had been working on that since March and we had developed a plan by July. As you hear uh, today uh, on TV and the radio and what you have seen, many of the schools did not come back with a plan until uh, late July, early August, but we had a plan together and we had uh, surveyed and submitted that plan to our students and to our faculty. And of course, it involved uh, what everybody else was doing with social distancing, uh, the disinfecting, the hygiene, and all those things. And we had the building laid out. We showed the plan to them and how it was going to, each classroom was going to be laid out. And the student says, yes, uh, we will come back under this plan. Then we had several meetings with our faculty, and the faculty came back and said, yes, we would come back under this plan into the building. Just, Brian, on this past, on Tuesday of this week, I gave what I normally do, an annual school opening address there at 2025 uh, East 27th Street at the Morning Star Community Center where we're housing. Great, beautiful building, has seven or eight classrooms. Uh, and in my address to the students, I thank them for having placed a trust in us and in our plan to keep them safe. And so that's kind of what we had gone through. And I don't think that the dean and I have worked as hard uh, from the spring to the beginning of the fall semester as we did uh, this time, putting together this plan so that uh, Western Baptist Bible College could continue. We had thought that we were going to maybe 
try to have maybe 40 students. We normally would have anywhere between 60 and 70 uh, students, and we're able to replace those that graduate. These district associations that are within our city, normally there's, there's about six district associations, and they would all have a school, what they call a Congress of Christian Education. And we would go there and recruit, set up a table, but we were not able to do that because of COVID. And so we were only looking for about 40 students this year. Wasn't for sure if we were going to replace those that graduated. Well, I was able to report on Tuesday of this week that we have 50 students. And so that's how we were able to come back post, I shouldn't say not post COVID, but at least in this COVID environment to be able to make everybody feel safe and comfortable with a plan that uh, everyone could agree to. Yeah, because I mean, of course, coronavirus has been um, a danger to everyone, but the the black community has been disproportionately impacted. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's something that, you know, your students and, and the churches that they're a part of are all dealing with right now is, you know, this COVID has has exposed or put, put a mirror up to some of our already pre-existing inequalities in our society because there's no there's no reason the virus isn't targeting the virus itself isn't racist but it is exposing structures in our society that have put some people at greater risk so I know this is something that y- you and your students and and supporting churches are dealing with right now. Well, you're so right. And one of the key things is, again, you talk about this disproportionate. All of our students are are persons that have gotten degrees from other schools, whether it be their bachelor's, their master's. And they have uh, determined that I want a religious degree or I want to enrich myself or I want to enhance myself. I'm saying that to say all of our students are over 50 years old and older. Okay, so they're in that at-risk category due to age. And uh, if you're at age anywhere between 50 and older, then you probably have some diabetes, you probably have some hypertension, and you probably have some other underlying conditions. So we really had to come forth with a plan to convince them that it would be safe for them to come in to the building and to be safe. So, yes, it it has... uh, put us in a position to where we really had to think through how we can make people feel comfortable and keep them safe. Another thing that uh, we were pleased about is that I have been working on probably since 2011 to be able to get an online program for Western Baptist Bible College because of economics. And again, we're a small school. Uh, We do not get any government support. We're 100% supported by churches in Kansas and Missouri and by individuals. And so it made it kind of difficult to come up with an LMS, which is a a learning management system uh, for online programming. We were able to partner with Google in their G Suite uh, solution with Google Meet, Google Classroom. And I was just so excited after all these many years that I have looked at a number of solutions 
and everybody has been beating down my door in, in rural Kansas, rural Missouri, said, if you only had an online program, I would enroll. And so we finally was able to put this together. And uh, my enthusiasm has kind of had to be diminished somewhat because everybody's doing online now. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to come up with some great marketing and and really blast out, hey, we have an online program. Uh, We've been trying to get this all these years. Now you all come and enroll. Well, everybody's been doing online ever since March. (laughs) Everybody's tired of online. They don't want to do more online. (laughs) But I was able to announce on Tuesday that we have nine students enrolled in our online program. And the very first person to enroll was a, a minister in Wichita, Kansas. So we're really happy and pleased that we're able to bring this to fruition. Very good. Well, thank you, Thad, so much for your time with us and for all that you are doing and continuing the legacy of Western in some difficult times. We really appreciate learning more about your school and many blessings upon you and your ministry. Well, we thank you, uh, Brian. We thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and and to share. And uh, we're looking forward to continue to provide Christian education to the men and women in the Kansas and Missouri states and here specifically in the metropolitan area. Uh, One thing that I didn't share with you as we get ready to sign off is that we do have campuses in St. Louis, Olathe, Kansas, Topeka, Kansas, and Junction City, Kansas. Uh, And so again, they're they're in churches, but we're able to provide uh, Christian education. Again, the Western name has this great legacy, this great history that uh, people are excited to be able to come and enroll, be a part of that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about Western Baptist Bible College at wbbckc.org. That's wbbckc.org. As always, you can find us at wardenway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review to help more people to find the show. It really does help. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. And all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button, and whatever you give there will help support the production of this podcast, as well as our website and monthly magazine. And speaking of that magazine... If you're not a subscriber, I have a special deal for you. Get your first year for half off. Just go to tinyurl.com slash wwoffer. If you have any comments or feedback about this program, you can send those to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.